Welcome to Deep Focus, a radio show about movies and New Haven. I'm your host, Tom Breen, and I haven't done this show in a couple months. It's, I've really taken a long break, but it is just about June, which is in New Haven, as everyone has known for the past six years, the moviest time of the year, whatever that superlative version of the adjective is, uh, because it is just about to be the start of the New Haven Documentary Film Festival. And so as we do every year, I've got uh, my friend, the f- uh, co-founder, co-director of the festival, Gorman Bouchard, in the studios today to talk about what is on the lineup for this sixth and arguably, maybe not arguably, the, the, the biggest, the best, the most diverse, the most professional looking, the most legit of NH Docs yet. Um, but uh, Gorman, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having us back. Um, yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's a large, impressive lineup, if I must say so myself this year. So we had you on the show about a year ago to talk about Pizza, a Love Story, right. uh, your movie about Pepe's, Sally's, Modern, The Holy Trinity. I wonder, even since that movie is featured quite prominently in the Stockfest, can you give us a quick update on on where that movie is? I think you were still in doing post-production yes, back that a was, year ago. You were putting the soundtrack together, finding some That was some a work in finance. progress. We showed it, uh, got a lot of interesting comments, uh, made some changes, showed it again at New England Brewing Company in September got a lot of good comments and noticed some things we wanted to change. All the music got done. And this is now the final version of the film. It premiered in Boston a month ago. Uh, it's also playing at the Greenwich International Film Festival next Friday and Saturday. And it's playing two screenings that are basically sold out at uh, uh, NH Docs next Saturday, June 1st. Well, as uh, I know, it's a movie you've been working on for a long time. Yes. Uh, I think over a decade or thereabouts. So congratulations Thank on, on getting you. that to the screen. And it was great hearing you on the Colin McInerney show with Lucy Gelman and Brian Slattery talking about uh, it's uh, it, the finished product. So NH Docs, sixth year. Am I yes, right in that arithmetic? Yep. So um, first, tell, tell me a bit about, I mean, I, I hinted at how this may be the, the biggest and best yet, but... Um, for listeners who don't know anything about NH Docs, who haven't uh, listened to this interview or read any of the articles or seen any movies of the past five years, what what is this festival? What's its kind of mission? What's its goal? And then well, we'll get into the movies you're excited about. The mission of NH Docs is basically to bring uh, film lovers and filmmakers from the area together. Uh, we do have a big emphasis, emphasis on films that are made in Connecticut, but we also bring in films from all over the world. We have international films, we have films from all over the country, but we do have, like I said, a, a large number come from Connecticut. And it really is a way to open up uh, the local film-loving audience to films that they probably would not have much of a chance to see. And not to mention, the majority of these screenings are free. So, you know, it, you know, you might have to wait in line a little bit, or if you don't want to wait in line, you buy our fast pass and you just walk past the line and you just get right into whatever you want. And this festival started out, uh, I guess, six years ago now with just four movies, right? All made, Correct. all by the co-founders yes, of, of the festival. Um, yeah. And now it has grown to, do you, have, do you know how, how many movies are in, in this year? So there, was, there were 80-something last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, we're, we're somewhere between 110 and 120. <laughs> Uh, but I, we don't have the student competition. I'm mm. still waiting on the judges, so that's going to depend the final number. Uh, and uh, how, how do you how do you do like quality control when you have that many movies that you are juggling? I mean, you how, well first are, are you the 
Are you the co-director or the director right I'm now? What's the, your? I'm the co-director, uh, but I'm the lead programmer. Got it. So, so you're uh, maybe the best person to ask. Like, how how do you? I imagine you got I more than a hundred submissions. Yeah, but, I don't sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I just watch. Um, you just watch. You put the films on, and it's mm-hmm. like you know. Uh, sometimes you know, honestly, it's like within, you know, fifteen minutes. Like I don't know that this is going to be something we're going to program, but a lot of times. You know, you get caught off guard. I will tell you the first, the, the film that really caught me off guard was You Don't Know Me. Because here is a documentary that's making the claim that Showgirls is one of the great films. The infamous Paul Verhoeven yes. sleaze fest that I guess now is a cult favorite as everything yes. that is 20 years old. And uh, I put this on and I was riveted. I thought it was completely entertaining, tons of fun. And made me want to go back and watch Showgirls, uh, which I didn't think anything could ever really make me want to do. So um, you you just never know. When when does the festival start? Where does this take place? You mentioned that almost all the screenings are free. What? Uh, how how do people access okay. all this great stuff? All right, so uh, everything's on our website nhdocs.com. Uh, but it starts on Thursday, May thirtieth, uh, our opening night. Uh, it runs for eleven days, right through till June ninth. Uh, most of the screenings are at the Whitney Humanities Center at Yale, which is right on the corner of Wall Street and Church Street. Uh, but we also have a lot of screenings during the day at the New Haven Free Public Library on Elm. And we also have two screenings, which are not the free screenings at Cafe 9, but they're not free screenings because they include um, live musical performances afterwards. That's on uh, Sunday, June 2nd, and Tuesday, June 4th. And then we also have, we, we brought another location into our fold this year to state house and we're doing a wonderful movie called circus of books on wednesday june 5th at the state house can you tell us about circus of books okay circus of books i guess the the the, to me the the line would would grab me would be um what happens if your sweet jewish parents just happen to own the largest gay porn bookstore in los angeles you're their daughter you make a documentary (laughs) And that's basically it. And it's it is charming. It's funny. It's sad. It is a perfect documentary. How did this movie come to NH Docs? Did you know the filmmaker? No, did- I actually. A lot of times, like as soon as there are three big film festivals that happen before NH Docs that I really look to, which are uh, Sundance, South by, and Tribeca. And I basically look at every documentary that's playing there, and if something tweaks my fancy. Uh, I go after it. And I really, we always have a lot of documentaries very heavy on social issues. So I am always looking for the documentaries on lighter subjects, for lack of a better description. I mean, I brought in a documentary on the Nathan's hot dog eating contest called The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry. Um, (laughs) I mean, I I think that what you just said about how you are, as the chief programmer here, keeping your eyes on really the major film festivals in the country to see what you are, what nonfiction films you're looking to bring to New Haven. Has, has that uh, kind of national leaning intention or scope? Has that, uh, is that relatively new to NHI? I mean, again, we, it's, if this is something that started with the films of, you know, accomplished filmmakers and film teachers in New Haven who wanted to start kind of foment the creation of a film loving community uh, in the city. And then it broadened out to include lots of locally and regionally made very small films and now it seems to be i don't know are you aspiring to be on that level of uh kind of major stop well not on that level but the next tier i think you know which is which i think we 
I think this year our special guest sort of puts us there because in uh, our special guest, of course, being Michael Moore, uh, who I don't believe has ever done a retrospect of his work. Uh, so we have him for three days. That's um, amazing. It really oh. is. And it, I mean, and, and the guests coming with him are amazing. On, on Friday, June 7th, we have Peter Davis showing the greatest war documentary ever made, Hearts and Minds, um, which was a big influence on Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11. And um, uh, Moore is going to interview Peter Davis about the film, and then we screen Fahrenheit 9-11, and Peter Davis is going to interview Moore. And that's actually how we hooked him. And I give that, my, my partner in this, Charles Musser, is the one who said, I kept bugging him, let's ask Michael Moore. And the thought was, He's never going to say yes, but my feeling always is. So he says, no, you move on. And Charlie came up with this ingenious way because Charlie was one of the assistant editors on Hearts and Minds. So he said, let me, he sort of reeled Michael in that way, which was brilliant. And then we brought in Penna Baker, who is also uh, a friend of Michael. And I think any, any, any documentary, anyone who knows anything about documentary filmmakers looks at Penna Baker as, you know, the Hitchcock of the genre. I mean, uh, very few people can compare. Um, and Probably Penna Baker's... Be- I mean, best known for the Bob Dylan documentary, Don't We Bad, the, the, uh, the War Room, the, uh, the Clinton uh, primary documentary. It's like he'll he's, start talking right. and you forget how many movies he's right. made. And, he, and Penna Baker's been the subject of uh, NH Docs retrospective two years ago. Two years ago. And um, so he's coming on Saturday and doing Q and A's with Michael all during the day for the next three films, you know, that, that, so not, I mean, I, I was thrilled at the prospect of catching up on some Michael Moore films, uh, iconic and not that I have not seen, but also to be able to see Michael Moore interview someone that's half the fun of like, of, of thinking about and watching Michael Moore. I mean, his interviewing style has become so ingrained, especially in this era of, you know, mass access mm-hmm. to uh, pretty affordable means of uh, filmmaking equipment where anyone can be a gadfly and just kind of lift their Facebook live video and, you know, their phone and record something horrendous or funny or or provocative or whatever. Um, you know, my, Michael Moore's interviewing style has become a part of, I don't know, 21st century American uh ethics or something i don't know but so so i i want to move into or talk about some of the the other the the many other films in the fest but let's stick with more for just a second he is you know kind of a, a, a titan of documentary film a very controversial figure uh from roger and me to bowling bowling for columbine fahrenheit 9-11 how how have you i don't know what's your relationship been like with his movies over the past 30 years is he someone you look to as an accomplished documentary filmmaker yourself as someone as an inspiration as more of an intellectual uh provocateur Uh, no i i I love his films because i find his films i I, one of the things that sometimes is lacking from documentaries is they're too information heavy and they forget that they also need to be entertaining or you're going to be turning them off it's too easy to turn things off michael moore's films are always entertaining um you know and i also think i mean I mean, I, I would say I'm, I'm sort of in this. I, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on his side for most politics. I mean, so and he, I mean, you look at something like Bowling for Columbine. I mean, it is it is one of the standards. I mean, it's it's the gun control film. It really is, and it's brilliant. And I don't know how anyone watches that film and doesn't understand exactly what people who want stricter controls on guns are saying. Um, you know. 
Yeah, I love what you said about how not only are our documentaries often uh, a little too information heavy, but they also often seek to anonymize the person behind the camera, which is the exact opposite of Michael Moore's interviewing technique. He, he puts himself uh, right in the center, and he really has a, a politics. I mean, he, he he is very upfront about where he's coming from, and it is in constantly questioning what is kind of American common sense. Is it, you know, it's common sense that we live with, you know, millions of guns in this country and put up with tens of thousands of deaths every year. Um, it's common sense that, you know, people go bankrupt because of minor healthcare problems. It's common sense that, you know, the heads of corporations make billions of dollars and the people they work for are often looking for work. That, that stuff that, you know, maybe maybe in the era of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, whom he's both interviewed, uh, that's m- becoming more common sense, but it hasn't always been, and I think he's helped push the envelope. Oh, on that. oh, absolutely, and I mean, you even look at his later films. I, I think Where to Invade Next is one of his best films, mm-hmm. uh, which was the second to last uh, that he put out. And I mean, it just really looked at a number of great ideas that actually emanated in the United States, but we sort of dropped the ball on. But other cont- countries ran with them and did a beautiful job. You know, from really healthy lunches for our children at school which is really not a bad idea when you think about it you know you know to healthcare issues and in in a lot of other things it was just a, but it was it was presented in such a completely entertaining way and to be able to see all of these movies back to back to back for free in mm-hmm. one place is you know, it's a pretty remarkable opportunity uh, do you have the dates off the top of your head as to when the michael moore movie it's the final weekend it's the final uh, weekend okay. it starts uh, uh, uh hearts and minds which is sort of kicks it off starts at five o'clock on Friday, June 7th, and uh, there are two movies that night. There are four movies on Saturday starting at 1 o'clock, and then there are two movies on Sunday starting at noon. And also, if you were to happen to buy a Fast Pass Deluxe, you actually get a seat at a very private brunch on Saturday morning with Michael Moore. Oh, wow. So, Has anyone bought any of those? Oh, yeah. sold a bunch of them. Excellent. Uh, well, uh, we're talking about the New Haven Documentary Film Festival, NH Docs, in its sixth year uh, on Deep Focus, a radio show about movies in New Haven. I'm your host, Tom Breen, and I'm talking with Gorman Bouchard, one of the uh, co-founders and the co-directors, the head of programming for this fest, uh, really one, one of the movers, the guy who has helped bring hundreds of documentary films to New Haven uh, every June, each of the past six years. Um, this is as exciting as it is to have Michael Moore featured prominently here. Obviously, there are many more movies at NH Talks. You mentioned one with Circus of Books, but um, I wonder if you could single out a few others that you are particularly excited to have. And I've got a, a few kind of themes that I've seen cropped up in uh, NH Talks uh, year over year over year, including and stuff in your own work, animal rights, uh, vegetarianism, veganism, uh, environmental consciousness, uh, music, of course. So I, I want you feel free to pick from one of those big buckets and okay, and talk um, about stuff you're excited. I guess about. I'm going to start with music. The Cream Magazine documentary on Sunday night uh, at Cafe Nine is a hoot. I mean, anyone who remembers Cream Magazine remembers it was as a teenager one of those magazines you sort of hit under the bed because you didn't want your mother finding it. It was the really obnoxious alternative to Rolling Stone. And my friend Scott Crawford has just made a wonderful short like mile a minute documentary about it. And then Dean Falcone, you know, local music genius is getting together all, all of his friends and they're playing songs afterwards from bands that were just on the covers of the magazine during the seventies. 
So I, so I would strongly recommend people go to the NH Docs website and just watch trailer after trailer after yeah. trailer because you get a good sense of the films, the diversity of them, but it's also a lot of fun. The Cream trailer has one of the better lines uh, of any trailer I saw where the actor, Jeff Daniels, I don't know how he ended up in the movie, but he says, uh, Cream was kind of like Playboy uh, when you were a teenage boy in the 70s. You hid it under your bed and you hope that your mom wouldn't find out that, that you were reading it. And I'm afraid that my connection to Cream is really just my love of Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance as Lester Banks in Almost Famous. I mean, that's that's about as as close as I get. But I love the the ethos. I don't even know if you were born described. by the time it no, sort of it's... started going downhill. So. <laughs> were you a regular cream reader? Oh God, proudly yeah. Said? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because you figure the seventies, I was a teenager. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it was the it was it was the it was exactly like Playboy. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and, and was is this made under your what were we thinking? No, no, no. This is the... Scott uh, Scott Crawford, but under your was, production company. Yeah, no? he's okay. Scott. Scott has made uh, did another film that we played here called Salad Days about the DC punk scene. Probably about three or four years ago. Uh, okay, so there's uh, any other music ones you want yeah, to sing Yeah, oh my about? God, yeah. Uh, there's two. We have three music ones that are with performances. The Cream, we have the Van Duren story, which is, you know, he recorded his albums at Trod Nossel up in Wallingford, and everyone thought he was going to be the next big thing. He wasn't. Jump forward a couple decades. Two guys in Australia find his record in the cutout bin, basically, and decide they have to make a documentary on him. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful film that really has seeped a lot in New Haven because that's where everyone was from. And afterwards, he's going to be playing, coming up from Memphis and playing live at Cafe 9 uh, with a bunch of his friends you know, from back in the day. In fact, uh, moderating the Q&A is Robert DeRosa, who mm-hmm. shot the famous picture that's on the cover of his, uh, one of his albums. That's incredible. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds great. And then Fred Hirsch on, on Thursday, uh, June... Fourth, no, fifth, no, maybe sixth. No, let's yes, Thursday, June sixth. I'm actually doing this all off the top of my head, folks, which is slightly impressive even to me. Uh, <laughs> In a hundred plus films and yeah, eleven um, days or how many days? He is. Uh, we have a movie called The Ballad of Fred Hirsch, which is uh, about the infamous, brilliant jazz slash classical pianist, and that's playing at six o'clock in the auditorium at Whitney Humanity Center. And afterwards, Fred is going to be doing a performance on a beautiful little Steinway grand piano. So um, that's also a real special thing. And that is always is one of the free shows. What about a, a not a, a movie that's not, a, not in the music bucket, but one you mentioned at the top of the show that NH talks is a great opportunity for people to watch movies locally and regionally made often that they would otherwise have very, it'd be very unlikely that they would have ever stumbled upon it. That this is uh, a an opportunity to both celebrate local, but really find some some hidden treasures that you know you won't find at the Bowtie Cinemas or at some you know Milford uh, Megaplex. What, what's one that? Ju- there's, comes to I mind? mean, there's a, there are a, again a bunch. I would say our opening night, our two opening night films, which both deal with policing, the issues with policing, and you know that have been a lot, you know, very much in the news in the past like four or five years. Uh, one, uh, the first one, the sweetest land, uh, takes place in Hartford, um, and the one, the one that follows at nine o'clock, takes place is 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 New Haven based, and we also have another New Haven based film on policing from Steve Ham, who did the Worcester Square film, uh, that's on Tuesday night, uh, in the auditorium. So that we've got the sweetest land is the opening night film. I, Questions of justice. I wrote that one down because yep. I was intri- interested by that as well. Which, from the description of NH Docs, seems to be a look at uh, relationships between police and marginalized communities, but with a focus on New Haven, right? Um, right. Which 
is very intriguing here. And then shift change, I believe, that, is that's what, the, uh, what Steve Ham's yes. uh, community yeah. policing doc. Um, why do you think uh, NH Docs has so many mo- documentaries about police accountability? And you, you know, I right you watch as you program. You watch films sort of come in waves. Last year, I couldn't find a music documentary to save my life. I, mm-hmm. I almost was like, I I should have gone and made one just so we could have had something. It was really it was really difficult. Uh, this year, I had more music docs than I knew what to do mm-hmm. with. Um, in fact, there are some playing, and there are more playing besides those. There's, uh, uh, there's a wonderful one on the, the Melody Maker magazine, which is playing Sunday afternoon, and then again it's repeated at the library. A bungalow session is also playing at the library. Um, and there were others that I just couldn't fit in because now we were going to have too many music docs. I need that record, the Brennan Toller documentary about record, his, yeah. his love for yeah, and his 10th anniversary of, of yeah. uh, his first film, which is wonderful, and Haley Cope's is going to do the Q&A, and I think it's going to be a wonderful, obnoxious, funny Q&A. <laughs> so uh, this year, did you also did you see a similar surge in documentary entries about yes. police accountability? Or That's was, just, was it. just these big three? No, it's, it's, it sort of goes in waves. There were mm-hmm. other films even that we, we didn't end up programming. Um, so it, you, um, you end up, yeah, you seem to, it's sort of like whatever's in the news today is a documentary two years from now. You know, um, so I, 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 I'm, you know, I, that's sort of the, the trend. Uh, the other big one is refugees. We've got tons of films on refugees. And it looks like you're doing a few collaborations with the local yeah, with Iris. immigrant and refugee yeah. relocation service, Iris. That's uh, the Wednesday night in the auditorium. The, uh, maybe the, the, my favorite trailer, the one that comes to mind most right now is one for a movie called Hurdle about parkour and photography in the West Bank mm-hmm. and among uh, people in, in occupied Palestine. Uh, is that is that a movie that you can speak to a little bit in terms of how it came to NHL? Well, that was one that was just <laughs> submitted uh, on, on our website, you know, because we're on Film Freeway, which is the, the platform where if you're a filmmaker, you want to submit to any film festival, you go on Film Freeway, you have your film in there, and you just click on Submit, you pay the fee, and so forth. And that was one that just happened to be submitted. Mm-hmm. And one of our uh, associate directors, John Lucas, absolutely fell in love with the film and basically kept saying, I really want it. I really think we should program this. I love this film, love this film. And I said, done. So in addition to the many, many, many screenings that take place, again, for free, almost uh, all in downtown New Haven. Uh, you also have workshops where yes. expert filmmakers will be providing insight into how they do what they do, including yourself. Uh, and also a really intriguing experimental film called The Earth Remains mm-hmm. by Derek Taylor that's a three-screen uh projection about some kind of geologic collision in the southwest uh maybe could you start with with that one and and the background how that came here well he wrote to me and i thought it was an interesting idea and i loved the idea of having something that was 11 minutes long that could just play for a couple of days so that you watch a movie your next movie is not for another 45 minutes that you want to go see or you're going to go to dinner after that but you can take the 11 minutes and just go see the film In the basement, and it's you could walk in at any time and just see it on a. It'll be on a continuous loop. Have you seen it? Yet? Oh yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I can't wait. I mean, it's uh, there's the only. Uh, I'm sure that it's done many a time, but uh, a, a French filmmaker from the early 
twenties. This guy Abel Gantz at the time when when movie makers were really trying to do like as experimental, crazy stuff as possible with the form because it was still relatively new and the avant garde were getting their hands on it. He made this this kind of triptych film about Napoleon. Napoleon. Yes, I like saw three, it. Yeah. Did you see it when I it was saw restored? It at Radio then... City Music Hall with Co- Coppola's dad or granddad. Oh yeah, he because he was the actually guy doing Mr. the live score. Yeah. The, yeah. And it's so I've only seen it on a small screen, but it is a very exciting and interesting form because, you know, I think we as movie watchers do have a very static relationship, just like physically with movies and that you sit down in a chair and you look at one screen, and it happens. But I mean, filmmakers are doing really fascinating stuff with the form and it's really exciting to see this on the line. And, and I think I, I really wanted to like, you know, when as soon as that came, it's like, I got to figure out a way to get this. So it's like, we need another room. You know, and it's like I and obviously I'm not the Yaley of the group. So, you know, I, went, I remember I went to Catherine Germano, uh, who's the festival manager and the administrator of the film department over there. And I said, uh, you know, what can we put it in? And she showed me this room. I said, it's small, but it's perfect. You know, um, and the same with the panels. I love the panels this year because um, fair use is such a big thing in in documentaries because you're doing it on low budgets and you know you want to use this clip from NBC and NBC says sure for twenty five thousand dollars and you say uh, I'm using eight seconds and my entire budget's twenty five thousand dollars I can't do that fair use as long as you're illustrating a point allows you to use it hmm. um, so there's a panel on that there's a panel with me and so is there a uh, a any kind of minimum or maximum duration that you are allowed you really, to use something it, to illustrate a point? Well, it's like 10 seconds or 20 no, it's seconds? It's usually or? about 15 as you don't want to go mm. much beyond 15. You don't want it to become entertaining in itself. Mm. You really need to be illustrating a point. But if you come to the panel, you'll find that, out all of that, this. A little tease yes. for the panel. Again, it, I, I mean, I remember reading about John Waters' Pink Flamingos, right? And didn't he, yeah, I mean, that movie was probably made for just a couple thousand dollars, but he had to pay something like $200,000 uh, in proceeds from uh, that, the that's music. That's the crazy he just, thing. They yeah. just threw him for fun, right? So something to watch out for filmmakers. Don't oh, absolutely. Just, don't yeah, just music, throw in copyrighted you, music in your movie. You can't use music as underscore, period. That's just a rule. That's... Um, you know, um, you, you're always best. I mean, there are so many musicians and so many smaller bands that will do great stuff for you. I, you don't, you know, that you can actually pay them something that's not insulting, but you don't have to pay. You don't need that Rolling Stones song at $15,000 in your film. And I see we've got the Art of the Rock documentary as yes. well. Again, something you're very that's familiar with. That's me and Scott. So that's going to be a fun thing to do. I mean... Is there, in in the way that you just shared a tease of what might come at the Fair Use Workshop, is there a a sentence or two that you can give our listeners as to, I don't know, what what you might be talking about uh, at the Art of the Rock? We're just going to be drunk at that point. uh, (laughs) That is the art. That's the the art, yeah, because I'm going to, my, my, the the two sold out pizza movie screenings are right after that, so I'll have started drinking by that point. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a, uh, is there a, a competitive element to the fest i forget are, are the movies judged do do yes. audiences vote there is an audience uh award for the new films uh so not every film is up for it but it's a, an audience award for best feature and best short plus there is the student competition which is separate and that's on the sunday and we mm. uh we basically rate all the student films we get in we show the 10 best give or take depending on time uh, and then the top three get awards, and we got some really good prizes this year too from uh, from some some gear manufacturers like Sakato and Think Bag. So I mean they're going to be getting some nice stuff besides a little bit of a cash reward, and we give two honorable mentions as well. And uh, the audience award is fun because we replay the best feature and the best 
um, the best short. That's Sunday night. That'll be after all the Michael Moore stuff. Sun, that's the second Sunday night, June 9th. But we also give awards to the audience. We have like a number of local um, merchants and groups, such as like the Taste of New Haven food. There's going to be a pizza free uh, uh, passes for two for a pizza tour. Willoughby's gives you know uh, gift certificates and mugs. We have a gift certificate from uh, the grocery store. Yeah, Elm City Market. Elm City Market. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, so it, so we actually just and DVDs from the filmmakers and T-shirts and swag and so it, we actually reward our audience members for having for coming to all of these movies. Is is this something that's become just a, a full time life for you? I mean, as, as someone who also puts out you know a couple movies a year sometimes, like how is the, is this your is this where you dedicate most of your time these days? No, I, it's still filmmaking, hmm. um, but it takes up. Uh, why why do you continue to do it if you step back and look at big picture a little bit i mean six years going is is a is no mean stretch but it's obviously a lot of work and very rewarding but what what is it that keeps driving you to put together this i i I, well i mean love a film obviously but i also i've met a lot of great filmmakers and most of the people i work with i have come from meeting them through the festival um i yeah i don't know it's it's like I even questioned why I was doing it this year. And of course I'm the one who always seems to make it bigger. I'm the one who's like, Oh, let's get a couple more rooms. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll show something at a state house. Why not? And you know, so, uh, I, I don't, maybe I just, I just really hate sleeping. I don't know. <laughs> the, the thing is, that's a very good question. If my wife is listening right now, she's, uh, wherever she is, if she's driving up to her mom's, she's probably saying to herself, it's like, I, I, I ask him that every single day. <laughs> and as, I mean, as you continue to expose yourself to more and more and more and more documentaries, how is your understanding of the, I don't know, in, in previous interviews, you've said that you think that nonfiction filmmaking is the most like vital form of filmmaking around today. Absolutely. Uh, after you know, watching well over a hundred movies uh, to program this festival, how I don't know how are you feeling about documentaries right now? Are you are you still feeling confident that this is the I don't know the form of the future for oh yeah uh, for film or I don't know what are documentaries well, capable of doing that you're always kind of surprised and delighted to find? I mean yeah okay a couple things because one thing I wanted to say too because I we're gonna go back to Michael Moore for just one sec. Someone someone was posting it's like that Michael Moore is a propaganda filmmaker and my argument to that is every single documentary filmmaker is a propaganda filmmaker you if you unless you film something and just put it up unedited the minute you make a first cut you are now putting your own thought process you're putting your own slant on this this footage wherever you cut so every filmmaker every documentary filmmaker is a little bit of a propaganda filmmaker and whether they want to agree to that or not they really are but I do think it also is it's it's that whole fact is a lot stranger than fiction. You're not dealing with with most independent film not right now. You're you know people are trying to like do ridiculous things and they have their lighting is terrible, their, the photography is terrible, especially in the low budget range, and the acting is terrible. This is not acting. This is real life. And as long as you know how to tell a story, that's probably where the the genre suffers a lot because sometimes too many people. Pick up the camera. I, I, you obviously, I love rock docs. I've, I've made five. I'm on my, I'm going on to my sixth. That's a big issue where you have just people who have never made a film and they're fans of a band and they decide I'm going to make a documentary on my favorite band because they never, they deserve one. Unfortunately, they don't know how to tell a story. There, it suffers. They might have had great footage, 
but they needed someone to really put it together with a three-act structure, so forth and so on. So, but the people who do know how to tell a story, it's 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 just a genre, or I, I don't even know that I want to call it a genre because I think with with documentary you can have horror in there with you know there are some horrific things happening in the world the 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 scenes in breaking your silence with the rhino dying are as sad and horrific as anything in any film of all time and it it, but it's something everyone needs to see um there's certainly plenty of absurd satire and everything michael moore has done there's there yeah there's Mm -hmm. stuff that's funny there's there's light there's heavy there's things that will make you cry, things that will make you laugh out loud, things that will make you think. Though I think they'll all make you think in one way or another. Um, and they're true. I mean, this is not like just some actor playing a part. This could literally be your next-door neighbor. Mm. That's it's Well, as a New Havener, someone who loves film, I'm so excited that this has grown to such a, the extent and, and quality that, that it has. It's really been been great to, to watch it grow. Um, since I do have you here, I want to ask what, what's up with Gorman, the filmmaker, can you tell us what you're working on now or what's what's next in the pipeline? Yeah, somehow this summer <laughs> I, I managed to have, I have three full-time editors working with me this summer, which is going to be slightly crazy, but it maybe mean, it might mean that the three films that I've been working on forever, uh, well, not forever, the pizza movie was forever, but these three films can actually get finished, which is one, Jay Bennett, Where Are You, Jay Bennett, which is about the famous guitar player from Wilco who is half responsible for three of their seminal records. Uh, Seniors, my next animal rights project, which is my fun animal film. I cannot emphasize that enough. There's not even a dog in a cage. It is just happy. You will smile. Your tail will wag. Um, and uh, lastly, Normal Valid Lives, which is completely not happy. It's about a horrible case of LGBT bullying in Minnesota, where nine kids in one school district took their lives over the course of 15 months. That's a, that's a sad, very difficult film. Uh, and I'm also, I guess I'll, you know what, I'll announce this with you right now. You're going to get an exclusive. Oh, boy. I'm working on another New Haven film. Hey. That is actually mostly filmed, but it's on the ridiculously wild and crazy history of the old clock factory building. The the This is a... Uh, timely and topical in that the clock factory at 133 Hamilton Street, if anyone's been reading The Independent, one of one of the series of articles I've most enjoyed writing recently is a pretty bizarre um, eviction lawsuit that just finished playing out in housing court where the, the Portland-based redevelopment company was looking to kick out the sole remaining commercial tenant in the clock factory, the strip club scores, and Go to the independent and check that out. But yes, this is a massive, uh, something like 130,000 square foot building. It's 175 in... years old. And it, besides being a clock factory, had it had a million lives. Mm. It was, you know, it was 10 cats, you know, which is 90, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> do, you, do you have a, uh, like, where are you in that filmmaking process? Right well, now? I'm pretty sure if someone were coming to see Pizza Love Story at NH Docs, they'd probably see the first trailer. Uh-huh. Right Very before it. Cool. I, I, I pulled some strings with the guy who's running the festival to get that in there. <laughs> Got a connection. Yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned that Pizza Love Story is is uh, already sold out. Yeah. The uh, funny thing was, though, what does that mean? It, well, okay. So because it was so crazy last year, we did two screenings thinking that'll be plenty. But just to be on the safe side, we did Eventbrite, which is free, free tickets, but you have to get the tickets. Mm. Um, the first screening sold out in like six days. And then the next screening sold out. 
Um, there are still there's a wait list, or if you buy a fast pass, you can get in. But right now, it's people with passes, the filmmakers, people with passes, and people with tickets. Uh, the right before I came here, though, someone released because I wrote, I put on the Facebook page, if you're not using your tickets, release them, then they can go back into circulation. So there are actually two available tickets for the late show on Eventbrite right now. So. So any listeners who are interested in checking out Pizza yeah. Love Story, I mean, this is a movie that you know so many New Haveners must identify closely with, with their love of pizza, but uh, it's going to be in high demand. So check it out. Go to, are we go- to nhdocs.com? Yeah, if you go to the nhdocs, uh, there, is it there's nhdocs.com a link. Or, or nhdocs.com, or for <laughs> that case, there's also the links for the tickets are on pizzalovestory.com. And to find a complete lineup of all of the many movies and locations uh, and many great things in NHDocs, you go to nhdocs.com. It starts Thursday, May 30th. 30th. Excellent. And runs through June 9th. 9th. Yep. Okay. Got it. Um, again, I can't speak highly enough for this festival. Congratulations, Gorman. I'm putting you. together another fest. And good luck uh, with the, the weeks to come. I'm sure it will be a lot of fun. And, you know, if this is a, a, a once-a-year opportunity for people in the New Haven area to check out such a diversity uh, of films for free that you will likely have have never seen or heard of, uh, and I'm sure that you will find something you love. So, so check it out, Gorman. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank as you always. very much. It's a pleasure to have you, and can't wait to uh, learn more about upcoming stuff that you're you're doing. Uh, go to deepfocusradio.com to check out a recording of this episode and also many other interviews with Gorman and other local filmmakers over the years. I'm your host Tom Breen, and we'll talk with you next time on Deep Focus.